0: The Independence Exeter City Podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Ollie Heptinstall, Paul Martin, and Paul Sussex.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's Grecian Talk. I'm Oli Hepton still and uh, with me this week uh, once again are my regular sidekicks Paul Martin and Paul Sussex. We're also joined by a new member of the team which is uh, very exciting. He'll be uh, introduced very shortly but first I'll uh, tell you what's on this week's show. And uh, as usual we'll discuss City's latest match, the disappointing 3-0 defeat at Northampton Town yesterday. And uh, we'll also uh, discuss yesterday's League 2 action including an interview with Chesterfield fan... Uh, Andy Pokes, who I spoke to yesterday evening, will discuss uh, uh, the signing of Luis Boamorte, the managerial crisis there, uh, with no manager still, after uh, John Sheridan was dismissed at the end of August, and I'll also look ahead to the Chesterfield match next Saturday with Andy and with the uh, usual Grecian Talk team. Right, that's all coming up on this week's Grecian Talk. Okay, and uh first up on this week's show, we're going to introduce a new member of the team, which is... Very exciting, and, uh, and a new member of the team is BFM presenter Mark Briggs. Hello to you, Mark.
2: Hello, Ollie, and the rest of the team. It's great to be on the show. Big City fan, so uh, really looking forward to it.
1: That's excellent stuff. So, uh, welcome to you, Briggsy, as uh, you'll be called from now on. I hope you don't mind. Um, okay, we'll uh, get started then, shall we? And uh, we'll start with you, Hans. Um, disappointing 3-0 defeat, wasn't it? And uh, another disappointing... Yeah, disappointing defeat. Uh, worrying turn of form for City?
0: Um, definitely, it's um, quite a downturn in uh, fortunes from the um, you know beginning of the season. We've now lost four out of five games, the only win coming at uh, bottom place Barnet. Um, I think there's quite a lot to talk about in terms of why that downturn in fortune um, has happened. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago that... Um, Whilst we might have been getting results in a few places, they were um, they were hard work. Those uh, results, such as uh, York at home, so I think some of the uh, problems have been telegraphed a few weeks ago. But um, Chesterfield next uh, Saturday becomes very important. Yeah, and uh, the win at Barnet isn't uh, you know much to brag about
1: because Plymouth Argyle won there yesterday, so they must be pretty bad. <laughs> um, discuss the heading issue because we seem to be conceding a lot of goals from uh, quite simple, straightforward back post crosses, don't we, uh, Paul? Uh, Baldwin and Coles seem to be incapable of dealing with crosses.
3: Yeah, well, we discussed this a few weeks ago, because it cost us at South End as well with the two late goals, and uh, it seemed to be the same story yesterday, really, and it's a strange one, because Baldwin and Coles, they're both pretty strong physical defenders, really, but for some reason, they just seem to not have the, not be switched on with crosses into the box, and um, not sure whether it's just a concentration issue whether they switch off. Or whether they just find themselves getting sort of out-muscled by, well, it was yesterday, it was Northampton's big centre-half who was winning the headers and set up, scored one and set up the other. And then there was were there as well. So whether they just struggle with the physical players or whether it's such a concentration issue. But it's definitely something that needs to be worked on, definitely.
1: Yeah, and uh, Briggsie, uh yesterday showed once again how we struggle against physical sides.
2: Yeah, I mean, I saw it at the Port Vale game that just the big players, like, comparing Tom Pope to Jamie Curiton as well, because he's, like, so much more physical, and Jamie Curiton is much more skillful and clinical. Our whole team just has that style of play to get the ball down and just play brilliant football. But against those physical sides, it just doesn't work.
1: No, and uh Hans, do you think it's a shout to to bring in a tool striker because like uh, Mark said that's, that's what every uh, League 2 striker has basically a big tool striker up front for a plan B do you think that's uh, something Tisdale should look at bringing in?
0: Um, so long as he doesn't panic like we did last season with um, lots of uh, poor quality loan players um, it's, it's interesting when you get around to see Cheggers and his pitches um, you can see that uh, Akin Fenoir is, um, very physical. You can see one picture of him, uh, thumping, um, uh, Reece Evans in goal. And I think whatever you might say about, you know, the rights and wrongs of uh, being physical. Maybe sometimes we, um, we either need to be a bit more physical or at least I think we should stand up to ourselves a bit better. I mean, Alan Gow got a hell of a rough ride yesterday from the uh, players and I think it only took a matter of seconds before, um, one of the defenders made sure that Alan Gow knew that, um, he was there and didn't get an awful lot of protection from the, uh, the referee. So I think it's a mixture of perhaps we need, um, you know, a Plan B, a bit of hoof, hoof ball um, to survive in League Two, and uh, having a bit of uh, physical presence.
1: Yeah, and uh, a potential solution maybe to a change to the formation to three central defenders, maybe having drafting in uh, Scott Bennett or Steve Tully in at the back, and then having a three-five-two or a five-three-two when it's you know backs against the wall stuff. Um What do you think about that one, Paul?
3: Um, well, it's a possibility Because it's uh, the 3-5-2 The formation that worked well A couple of seasons ago When there was um, Tully and Goldborne As wing-backs Because Tisdale, as we know never Doesn't really like playing with width Or playing wingers in the midfield So having wing-backs was a way of countering that But at the same time Like I said, I don't know who they would pick To play as the third centre-back Because Tully, I don't know whether he'd help Dealing with crosses Because he's not the best in the air and then Bennett, I sort of get the feeling that this year we need Bennett in midfield really to give a bit of energy and, uh, well, strength to the midfield as well. So I think it's a possibility, but it, it would need to be the right man and slotting in at that third centre back. Jordan Moore Taylor could be a possibility for that role. But at the moment I don't, I'd be surprised to see Tisdale move to that at the moment anyway.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Paul. Um, as for Aaron Davis, is, is it worth keeping him in the team, Briggsy? Because he doesn't seem to contribute very much to the team.
2: Yes, Aaron Davis struggles on the wing at the moment. We need to definitely uh part of our team is getting it on the widths and getting the ball in the box, but he hasn't really shown that this season.
1: But he can put in a decent cross when when he's when he gets into the position, Mark.
2: Yes, I mean uh but it's just it seeing him get in that position is quite is is quite rare at the moment. I never see him busting the gut to make the opportunities to get it in the box.
1: Okay, and uh uh, Hans, as, uh, experienced players aren't performing overly well at the moment, such as, uh, Craig Woodman, uh, Aaron Davis, should Tiz perhaps give, uh, youngsters a chance to prove themselves, players like, uh, Jordan Moore Taylor and Elliot Freer?
0: I, I, think the two players that you just mentioned, uh, Jordan and, uh, Elliot Freer, I think are ones that, um, I think everybody wants to, to see um, it's not really used them uh, as substitutes uh, much. Um, I think there's always a problem with impact players that we always seem to want um, to change everything so that we've got people up the front to um, get back a game. Um, but I think. Um, if, even if those two don't start, so I think I'd like to see uh, Freer on the wing start. I think we need that kind of change. If we don't go f- three-five-two, we need to have uh, four-four-two with um, some width. So hopefully, the shake-up this week, which I think has to happen before Chesterfield, um, he will consider the youngsters. And uh, as for Alan Gow, he came on yesterday and
1: saw a big improvement in City's performance yesterday afternoon. But Paul, is it a worry? And if he gets injured again, we're going to struggle to find a source of creativity in the team.
3: Well, it is a worry because Gao is a cut above the rest of the team. I think he's the best player. He provides the main source of creativity, as you said. I mean, there are players who can play a similar role, someone like Bowser perhaps or Keir but they just they just can't do it to the same level that Gao can. And I think if City are going to keep up their strong start and sort of consolidate a top half and possibly playoff finish, then they need to keep Gal fit. And it is a worry that he seems to be developing quite a few injuries already this season.
1: Yeah, and uh, let's hope GAL keeps fit and city uh, fortunes improve in the coming weeks. Okay, we're going to move on now and uh, quickly uh, discuss the ticket update with uh, Cheltenham Town away. Uh, that's in uh, two weeks' time. Uh, it's an all-ticket game and tickets won't be available on the day. More details are available on our website, creationtalk.co.uk. Um, Hans, do you know how many tickets we've sold so far?
0: I understand it's about 500. We've got allocated 900. Um, the capacity is 1100. What people probably need to know is that, um, it's, it, it sounds like it's going to be allocated seating, which, um, always is a, a complete and utter pain because that means you end up away from friends, um, and quite often kills the, uh, the atmosphere. So if you want to sit with friends, make sure you all go together to, um, the reception to, uh, buy them.
1: Yeah, so it is a pain isn't it, allocated seating. I think, yeah, I'm going to try and get to that one. So I have to get my ticket pretty sharpish. Okay, we're going to move on now. Uh, League Two News. And, uh, this is, uh, Mark's little, uh, piece. So, uh, uh is, is Briggsy's roundup of the latest League Two News.
2: Accrington Youth Hopefuls Ryan Hopper and Lewis Hatch left the club during the week and were replaced by Jack Sampson of Bolton on a one month loan. Barnett announced the signing of Dutch legend and former Barcelona, Juventus, Ajax and AC Milan midfielder Edgar Davids as co-coach. Northampton have signed Emir Hughes on loan until January. The 19-year-old midfielder is the captain of Man City's under-21 side. Port Vale snatched both Manager of the Month and Player of the Month. Tom Pope, the League Two top goalscorer, won September's Best Player, whilst Vale manager Mickey Adams won the Manager of the Month by keeping Vale firmly in the top two. Wimbledon have appointed Neil Ardley as their manager. Neil made 250 appearances for Wimbledon as a player from 1991 until 2002. Wickham signed Bruno Andrade on loan. He says he's relishing the prospect of first team football at Adams Park. There's also Monday night football as Port Vale host Oxford. Port Vale looked to build on a convincing win against the Grecians last week, and Oxford look to continue their run back to good form after a three-game unbeaten run.
1: Thanks very much for that, uh, Mark. And uh, right, we're going to uh, discuss League Two now, and it's uh, another fantastic result for Gillingham yesterday at the Priestfield. They beat Aldershot four-nil to extend their lead at the top to six points. And uh, Paul uh, Briggsy, I beg your pardon. It all seems to be going well for Martin Allen with his son Charlie scoring yesterday as well.
2: Yes, I'm um, Gillingham on top form at the moment. There's always a team that seems in League Two to be the front runners, and like Swindon did last year, uh, Gillingham seem to be taking on that role this year. And I'm um, fair play to them; they've done well. But they've got a very strong side. It'll be interesting to see how City get against them this season.
1: Yeah, they're taking them on in uh, November, I think. Hang on, I'll just have a quick check.
2: Um, yeah, it's our uh, Tuesday night on the 20th of November Yeah, you're right,
1: 20th of November uh, We're away at Cheltenham So that should be a big game Okay, and uh, Hans uh, As for Aldershot An awful start to the season They've dropped into the relegation zone now as well
0: Yep, Desperate times here in Oldshot um, There was a fans forum on Thursday Which um, surprise surprise Dean Holdsworth wasn't present um, I think the uh, fans that did turn up more than uh, perhaps normal Had um, quite a long discussion about everything that is going wrong At the recreation ground um, Even those that were quite happy to support uh, Dino and his uh, position as manager are beginning to turn And there is um, a panic call now for him to go um, I'd, I'd, interested to know how long he's gonna survive. I can't, you know, if there isn't a turnaround in fortunes, um, and they've got Rotherham coming up, who are a very mixed set of results. So I think, um, it's quite possible that, uh, come the end of October, Dean Holdsworth won't be manager of Oldershot.
1: Yeah, because it's interesting there, because he did well, uh, at Newport, didn't he, at Dean Holdsworth, and then had a decent, uh, couple of seasons at Oldershot. But, uh, what, what do you think's gone wrong there, Hans?
0: I think the, the, they struggle on financially. You know, they don't have a lot of money to um, pay good wages to get the good players. And I think um, his his over reliance on loan players, and uh, I think tactically he doesn't always use the uh, the best players in the uh, best places. So I think there's uh, maybe a new manager will sweep clean, but it all depends on whether the uh, problems are more systemic than that. Yep.
1: Okay. And uh, Fleetwood nail uh, Wickham won. There at Highbury yesterday is an excellent win for Wickham, and uh, Paul strengthens Gareth Ainsworth's hopes of getting the job on a permanent basis.
3: Yeah it does, He's made, he's gone in there and had a great impact and I think, well I said last week that they could do a lot worse than selecting him as their permanent manager to take them forward and uh, I think Wickham were always going to pick up their form at one point or another because they were too strong I think to be down there in the relegation zone, I I thought they did alright when they were, they thought they were quite unlucky to lose uh, in the game at St James Park a few weeks ago in that 3-2 game and I think it probably needed the change of manager to inspire that change of form but um, yeah, um Ainsworth's done well and I think they'll probably go and give him the job now based on how he's done in a sort of caretaker role
1: yeah. and uh, as for Fleetwood Briggsy, at this he home defeat but they're still very much in the promotion mix and they've got a very good team as well
2: yeah I mean Fleetwood all, will always be up there this season Well, we found it the year we went up we were always uh, around the, the top half of the table and always in the mix up when we got promoted from the conference so they've obviously got a lot of confidence in their team I think They'll bounce back from this defeat and I'm sure they'll be winning games and uh, be one of the top teams this season.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, Barnet won Plymouth 4 there, as I mentioned earlier on. Good win for Argyle, Hans, but Barnet still struggling despite uh, Edgar David's surprise introduction as joint head coach in the week
0: yeah yeah the edgar um david 's uh story, which we broke on uh, our Facebook page, was uh quite a surprise i didn 't know that was uh coming along um I think it's um the problems at Barnet are going to take a bit longer to to fix than um something that Edgar can do in a couple of days they um when we were there the other Tuesday they were really poor and um it's going to require quite a dramatic change, I think, for Barnett to, um, get back, to get into winning ways. I mean, they're still without a win this season. Uh, desperate times
1: there at Underhill. Uh, and, uh, it's not going too well for Rotherham, is it either? A 3-0 defeat at home to South End, at Fortress New York Stadium, or as it was before yesterday's game, and, uh, Paul, all is not well at New York Stadium.
3: Yeah, it's a worry for them because, um, we've said about it before, I think, about their poor away form and they were sort of relying on their home form to get them up the table and, a thumping defeat yesterday to South End, and um well, the other thing there, I suppose, is David Noble. I was reading in the week that he's on, he's on charge, I think, for a, and it's an assault or something in a Bristol nightclub, so it's not looking good for him either there. And, uh, I don't, I don't think it will take them too long to be, um sort of fall out of favour with Steve Evans, because he's not a very likeable guy, I think, as we all know. And, um a few bad, a few more bad results. I don't think they'll be too sad to see the back of him.
1: Yeah, and uh yeah, I don't know if you know any more about that uh, David Noble story, Hans.
3: Um, not at
0: all. I mean I think the big surprise is, you know, how little we did know. It um appeared to occur after the home defeat to Preston North End in March, um during his suspension for his uh, sending off at Brentford. Um what is unclear is whether Exeter City knew uh, what was going on. It seems that Rotherham, when buying him or sorry, signing him on contract, uh, weren't aware initially. Uh, that's the message that's coming out of Yorkshire. So, all very odd. All, th- these stories don't normally get kept quiet, but this one seems to have um, done very well at being uh, swept under the carpet.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're going to move on uh, to discuss Cheltenham one, uh, uh, Dagenham on Redbridge two yesterday, and I'll uh, now discuss that result and of course look ahead to saturday's game at the park with spyro's fan andy pokes
4: grecian talk
1: right we're joined now by uh chesterville fan uh andy folks as we look ahead to saturday's game back at the park uh good evening to you andy good evening um it was a disappointing home defeat this afternoon uh for you wasn't it uh losing 2-1 to dagenham
4: that's right yeah very disappointing actually um we set up uh very defensively actually and uh i think tommy wright's actually come out and uh, Admitted that tactically got it wrong. Set up as a 4-1, 4-1 today, and uh, just basically encouraged Dagenham to come at us, and uh, they scored a couple of uh, decent long-range efforts. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't offer enough coming forward today.
2: Yeah,
1: not a good day for uh, either side. Extra as well, losing 3 0 at Northampton. Um, one of the shock signings of the season, I think, took place earlier in the week with the uh, Lewis Boamorte joining Chesterfield. What was his performance like this afternoon and what was the reaction uh, when he signed for you earlier in the week?
4: Yeah, um, we, were, we were shocked, actually. Sort of, he uh, came out of the blue. Um, fantastic signing. Um, it could be just what we need, actually. The ability to play down the uh, left-hand side and obviously got massive experience. The sort of reaction from the fans has been that he, he could be a real great signing. Certainly seems... Uh, from from everything that's been said publicly, that, that he's here to uh, because he wants to play. He's certainly not here for for the money. Um, he's obviously played at the at the highest level, um, and was at West Ham only only last year. So, someone that could bring a lot to us. Um, he played a full 90 minutes today, which was a a bonus. We um, didn't manage to get the ball to him enough, really. Um, he put in some some really good crosses and some some good corner deliveries but uh, he was quite closely marked and uh, i think he'll only improve when his uh when his fitness gets better
1: yeah i think he'll be one to look out for on saturn i think he, he said didn't he um in the week that he had to look up chesterfield on google um before he signed for them which is understandable really considering he's from portugal
4: that's right yeah absolutely yeah i mean he's uh, he's only played at the uh, at the higher higher level of the english game hasn't he but uh I think it was just a chance meeting that we uh, we managed to to sign him. Um, Mark Crosley is our our goalkeeper coach played played alongside him in, in his time at Fulham, and uh, I think they met him at a, a reserve game somewhere in London. And uh, he said he'd be uh, he'd be interested in signing. So yeah, we've got him until uh, January at least, and uh, possibly until the end of the season.
1: Wow, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he. We- uh, gets on um, the club sacked uh, John Sheridan didn't he uh, at the end of August just a few games into the new season uh, strikes me as a bit strange really if the club wanted a new start then why didn't they sack him last season following your relegation
4: yeah I think that's, uh, that's a valid point um, I think there was uh, certainly last season was a real disappointment um, John Sheridan was the manager that, that got us promoted um, we won Elite least two season before really well but then we lost Several key players, sort of Craig Davis and, and Tommy Lee, was, was out injured for a lot of the season as well. Those players weren't adequately replaced, and and we were relegated. We did we did win the Johnston's Paint, which was obviously a slight consolation, um, but then we got off to a, a poor start this season as well. And uh, it seemed John Sheridan seemed to be a bit divisive. I think there was uh, a lot of rumours of sort of things that were were happening off the off the pitch. The fans certainly weren't 100% behind him, but uh, yeah, the timing of it was very strange because obviously he made, um, he was in the position to make our signings uh, for this coming season, um, but only given a a very short time.
1: Yeah, it is strange. Um, You still haven't appointed a replacement, have you, because uh, he was sacked at the end of August. I think Tommy Wright's the heavy favourite to take over, but only caretaker at the moment.
4: Yeah, that's right. Tommy Wright's still the uh, caretaker. I think there's actually uh, due to be some news on on that sort of in the next week or so, because uh, Dave Allen um, is back from his holiday now. So, sort of a, a difficult one really, because uh, Tommy Wright's taken over, and uh, to be honest, the results haven't haven't improved massively. I think they're in a in a false position for the for the strength of the uh, squad. I, I think we've probably got a stronger stronger squad this year than we had in in League One last year. And um, we seem to be, especially at home, slightly negative. Um, we seem to be encouraging teams to to come and and sort of take the, the game by the scruff of the neck. And uh, we're sort of sitting back. Um, and, and we certainly, although under Tommy Wright, haven't haven't lost too many. Um, we certainly haven't been winning many either. I think realistically, we're probably. Do need to probably give uh, Tommy Wright a bit more time. I think they're, they're not far away from being a very good side. Um, I think particularly coming forward, uh, defensively they still um, need to shore up at the uh, centre back positions. I think, and we have got key players missing. Certainly, their first choice goalkeeper Tommy Lee's been been out. Um, but, but going forward, I think with Boa Morte and, and Jack Lester, um, I think we've we've got plenty enough. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um City, we've struggled uh, against physical opposition really this season. Uh, most recently this afternoon at Northampton. Uh would you say Chesterfield play in this way?
4: No, I wouldn't. No. We do sometimes fall into the trap of playing a long ball style which we we, we tried to match Northampton I think and and we also to an extent did the same uh today against Doug, Dagenham playing long balls to uh to Jack Lester and Lewis Beaumont who are both fairly fairly short compared to most centre halves, but uh, I think we we're, we're actually better when we when we get the ball down and and play football. We have got good results against teams that are near the top of the division. I mean, we drew away with Gillingham um, and we played well against Rotherham and, uh, and Torquay as well, who I think would be amongst the better sides in, in the division. So, yeah, I think. Uh, our, our style is more suited by, by getting the ball down and that's something that we need to sort of force a bit more rather than fall into a trap of uh, long ball style which a lot of the lower division teams sort of favour.
1: Yeah, sounds like uh, quite similar styles of play between the two sides. Um, apart from Lewis Beaumont, of course, who signed uh, in the week, who would you say are the players to look out for for uh, Cheltenham, uh, Chesterfield, I beg your pardon, on Saturday?
4: Uh, well, certainly jack lester Um he's, he's another veteran player um, he's always scored goals for us he's been with us for the last sort of three or four seasons um, fantastic record and again he's he's our our top scorer this season um, we've got a few young players um, who are, who are coming through they're not necessarily playing every game but uh, craig clay in in midfield is very promising he um he came on after twenty minutes uh, last week against uh, Aldershot, and, uh, turned the game that we, we ended up winning. Um so there's, there's him. We've also got, uh, Mark Randall, who, um played a few games for Arsenal. I think he actually played a, a Champions League game for them. Um and he was sort of quite well thought of by, by Arsene Wenger Uh, but I mean, he, he doesn't seem to get a, a regular starting place with us, but he's, he's a very, very talented player.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how uh, you get on at the park next Saturday. And uh, finally, Andy, a prediction for you for Saturday.
4: Uh, well, after today's game, um, I'm not so confident. But uh, I, I suppose it was a it was a poor result for Exeter as well. And um, we do tend to to play better against the the teams that do tend to play play football and, and get the ball down on the on the park. So I'll um, be optimistic and say uh, I'll go for a 2-1, 2-1 win for the Spireites.
1: Yeah, it's optimistic, but given our uh, recent home form, it sounds realistic as well. Uh, That's great, Andy. Thanks very much for joining us this evening on Grecian Talk.
4: That's all right. It's a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thanks very much, Andy, for uh, speaking to me yesterday evening. And uh, we'll look ahead now to Saturday's game at the park. And uh, Briggsie, Uh, Chesterfield are a big team who like to play... uh, Not a big team. They're a team who like to play it on the ground, which may be good news for City.
2: Yes, I mean, we've had two big teams to play against Northampton and Port Vale the last two games and we definitely need to get back to winning ways uh, from that Barnet game. I thought that was going to be the turning point to get back to the winning ways but I think this one, this is really important to get another win back on the board especially as there's so many teams on 18 and 19 points now so, yeah, we need to definitely get a win.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we had Bristol Rovers a week before as well so a, a big physical side. Uh Paul, it's a big game and uh, City need to stop the rot fast
3: yeah because the longer it goes on and the further they might end up slipping down the table the more you sort of lose confidence that they'll be able to mount the promotion push this year and Chesterfield uh, they're they're sort of a mid-table average side really and But then again, we thought that about York and Bristol Rovers as well, the last two games, and we've, well, some of the last two games, we only got one point out of six there as well. So I don't think it's one that we can go into and sort of take for granted. I think they'll have to improve their form drastically to get three points from it. Chesterfield have got goal threat with, well, Lewis Boamorte now, and Jack Lester, the veteran striker as well. But I hope Exeter will have enough, and I think they will have enough to get a victory.
1: Yeah, um, Andy Pokes uh, optimistically predicts Chesterfield will win. 2-1 2-1 um, what is what's your prediction Hans
0: um, I think we will be back to uh, winning ways so I'm going to say um, Exeter 2 Chesterfield 1 um, Go and Curiton and have you got any thoughts ahead of the match Hans not sure, I think there's a um, lot to happen this week um, I hope the, there's some positive changes coming ahead of the uh, Chesterfield game I think for Morecambe, when we lost 3-0 at home He didn't change the team um, That faced Oldershot and that worked I think this time, I think there are some um, uh, proper changes that are needed, and in particular, um, uh, in defence, um, I think Rob Edwards has got plenty of work to do this week to get things sorted, so um, hopefully there'll be some changes uh, this week ahead of um, the game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to say Rob Edwards uh, was going to go back into the team, then I was a bit a bit surprised. <laughs> oh, but... yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, so what's your prediction again, Hans? Or... Uh,
0: Exeter to win 2-1, Curiton and Gao. OK, and uh, what about you, Briggsy?
2: Yes, um, I was going to say 2-1, but I think I'll go for a 2-0 victory to Exeter City now. I think Kiriten could definitely get back on the score sheet after a number of games not scoring, and I think he could get a brace.
1: OK, and uh, what about you, uh, Paul Martin?
3: Uh, I think a uh, tight, nervy 1-0 home win to get back on track, with Circum oh, will get a goal, I think.
1: OK, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to say for this one. I think we'll lose six one like uh, that game in League Two. Remember, uh, four years ago, Chesterfield absolutely thumped us. So I'm going to I'm going to boldly predict a six one defeat there at the park on Saturday, which is very optimistic of me. Right then, okay, that's about it for this week's Grecian Talk. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us for future shows, this is how you can do so.
0: You can tweet the show at Grecian Talk, email the show contact at greciantalk.co.uk. Or you can find us on Facebook. Okay, and I had the
1: slightly odd uh, experience of having that jingle on my iPod this week, which <laughs> did surprise me somewhat. I've now I've somehow got all the Grecian Talk jingles on my iPod now, which is not not brilliant. So they'll have to be removed. I don't like them that much. Okay, um, right. Uh, that's it for this week's Grecian Talk. My thanks to Paul Martin, Paul Sussex, and Mark Briggs, and how did you find your Grishin Talk debut, Mark?
2: Yes, uh, very enjoyable. I'll be back next week. But, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me on the show. I, I really enjoyed it. Yep, good to have you along,
0: Mark.
1: Oh, that's excellent stuff. Good to have you on. Thank you very much. OK, um, right, that's it for this week's Grishin Talk. Thanks to Mark uh, and the two Pauls again. And uh, join us next week for more Grishin Talk.